You're listening to SCGA Off the Hosel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Biff Lathrop. Welcome back to the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association, where we have pollen in the air. I'm Alan Knight. He's Biff Lathrop. Biff, how are you? I'm great, other than it's March and we got all this pollen in the air already. It's everywhere. I mean, it's been going on for a while now. My car's yellow. But that means it'll get out of here sooner. I guess so. I guess so. I hope well, so. It means means flowers will be blooming and flowers are blooming, right? Yeah, grass is growing. Superintendents are cutting fairways and I mowing know. greens. And <laughs> we just wrapped up the Players Championship yesterday. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy. It's that time of year. But we've been uh, as usual, been going strong. Our, our junior department had a good couple weeks since we last got together, and um. We had a uh, we had Alan. We had a hundred and fifteen kids come out to Darlington Country Club for the President's Day Player Series. That's amazing. It's unbelievable. One day one day event. We had to turn kids away and um, yeah, just you know again this Player Series just keeps rolling along and uh, Michael McKee's done a great job with it and, and and all the kids participating and and thank you to Darlington Country Club for opening up their golf course on a on a holiday to where we can come in there and take over because I mean they it was a full day they teed them off early that morning and with 115 I, I think they went to about one o'clock that afternoon playing golf so that's awesome then they're doing a lot of work over there I've heard yeah they are they are they've done a lot of work they moved some uh doing some work on the course and did some work on around the clubhouse they've done a good job with it so nice it looks good but they when it was all said and done after all those kids got around there and played some golf that day uh uh, in the girls' 13 to 18 division, Miss Emerson Devers from Merle's Inlet shot a 76 and took a two-shot victory there. And nice. in the boys' 13 to 18, Reed Cook from Allendale. Oh wow! Yep, shot 73 with one-shot victory with a 73. So um, good for him. Again, they earned their points within their player series there, and, and got some probably some exemptions into some other events coming up. So good for them, and, and congratulations to all those that played at, at Darlington that day. Yep. Um, we turned around this that weekend and went up to greenville country club the chanticleer course Oof. yeah it's a beast man <laughs> it I, is a beast. you know i rode around i was up there this weekend i rode around a little bit there, there's not really a hole around chanticleer that you can just take a breath and, and chill out i don't think so i mean t-balls approach shots i mean it just yeah. and, and the greens were slick i bet uh you know bent greens this time of year is supposed to be even yeah um but man just that crowd up there for the Morgan Lucas Championship uh, around at Greenville Country Club, they do such a good job. The staff is so good for to us, and and they really take some pride in the event. And um, they, you know, they instead of instead of having lunch and everything all over the place, they do have lunch when they make the turn. But they've got little snack stations around the golf oh, course, which is pretty neat. So it, they they do a good job with it, and, and oh, yeah. it's a. Uh, you know, the kids love playing it. They do a double tee, so you not you don't, and they do it like at ten o'clock, so you don't have to be out there to crack a dawn, right? Which is nice for our staff too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, ha- had a good event up there, and and it, when it was all said and done again, the girls' thirteen and eighteen year old division, Miss Lily Reed Black from Chapin, my hometown, Chapin, South Carolina. Nice. She shot a seventy-seven eighty for a four shot win. Good for her. And in the boys' thirteen to eighteen division, uh, we had a we had a tie after the thirty-six holes. Okay. Uh, Mr. Tip Price, who's a member there at Greenville Country Club, yeah, and and Major Lenning, who plays down at Fox Run in Simpsonville. That's a good player. I've read his name a bunch. They both ended up with a score of one forty-five. Okay. Um, so we had to take them to a playoff, and we did the loop one, two, three. And okay. It was a sudden death, but but it yeah. ended up being a three-hole playoff, and uh. Tip finally took the title with a with a birdie on the third hole. Good for Tip to win the championship. So I think his first major with us, and I believe he's a 
2025 graduates so we'll be seeing some more tip as we as we go through here in the next couple of years but yeah man what what these guys these kids just play so good especially at that level i mean they're, they're they hit the ball so far it's incredible they do and and kudos to tip because again it's not easy i don't think it's easy to win on your home course it takes more pressure it takes more focus, but in the golf course, there had been a bunch of rain that previous week, so yeah. they're probably playing a little bit longer than normal. It was longer. It was playing a little bit harder. I'll tell you another little secret that I heard, and, and he's a very humble kid, so he doesn't talk about it much, but yeah. um, apparently a couple weeks ago, Tip was playing at Riverside, Yeah, and it was not a formal event, and, and they, they they were rolling the ball, as he says. Right. The, <laughs> he shot seven, He shot 60 wow. at Riverside. man. Shot 60. That's good playing. 15 that's, years old, shot 60. That's a great golf course. And while we're giving out some kudos, I thought about this during the Darlington. Last time I ran a one-day tournament at Darlington way back when, Kennedy Gooding was a 12 and under, and she won. And that, back then we gave away head covers. Right. Like the driver head covers. Put her, and she had won so many, she had a bunch of driver head covers. And <laughs> two of the girls at Lexington were kind of giving her grief about, you know, all the – but they were trophies. Well, Kennedy now plays for the Austin – Anderson University Trojans. Right. And she had a great weekend at some tournament at Dunes West, a collegiate event. Yep. Shot 65, 67 something, won her first title. So kudos to her. Nice. Nice. A former player and lowest scores ever. And also the whole Anderson University women's team yep. won. And Emma Charles, former intern, played on that team. Played. It is it is so cool to see these these juniors come through our programs and, and go on to be a success at whatever level, collegiately or professionally or just in the world. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's why we do what we do. It's it's not just the golf. It's it's life right. lessons that we're teaching them, which is great. So yeah. Um. So yeah, we 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 that's what we had going on the last couple of weeks as far as results. Uh, you know, I I was up at uh, Greensboro. Uh, the Carolinas PGA Super Show, yeah, uh, which was a, a fun couple of days up there, getting to talk to, and meet and greet all of our professionals from the area, and uh, seeing a lot of our vendors that we work with. So a good couple of days up there, collaborating and sharing ideas. Yeah, um, we also had our foundation board meeting recently, and um, I'd like to share a quick note. But um, you know, Rick Veith has been our chairman for the last ten years, I believe it is. Yeah, um, has, has guided us and led us and. And uh, Rick is finally he, he's he stepped down at this last meeting and and uh, and we've got a new chairman now with Jesse Smith out of Forest Lake. But uh, with what all Rick has done for us and 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 what he's meant to our foundation, we the the board the South Carolina Golf Association board and the foundation board got together and we have created the Rick Veith Scholarship. And that'll nice. be a way to to to, to dedicate that th- this program and what he's done to us for for years to come. Instead of just a plaque to hang on the wall, yeah, this will be something we can remember Rick Veith forever. So uh, we're we're really excited for that and for for the Veith and his family. Well deserved. Well deserved. Yeah. Well deserved. And uh, with that, you know what we have coming up. In fact, we will just have wrapped up this tournament when this episode comes out. But we've got the Partners Championships going to be at Spring Valley and and the Spur at Northwoods. Yep. Right at 100 teams playing those two golf courses over two days. So we're excited to see what happens there. Captain's Choice and Best Ball? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a Captain's Choice, and then it's a, a Texas Scramble. Okay, type. even better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's fun, man. It's just a way to shake the cobwebs off, get right. the tournament season going for all these guys, and uh, give them a chance to maybe get out of town and come to Columbia and hang out <laughs> for a night or two. And the weather's going to be beautiful, it looks like. It, so far, so good. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. You never know with SCGA what you're going to get. So, um, And then the week after that, we're going to be up uh, at the reserve at Pauly's Island. We're going to be at the senior four ball. We've got 60 senior teams coming okay. in for that. Now, that is a best ball event or a four ball event. Yeah. Um, 
always good to get there at the spur with i mean at the, the reserve at, at donald at reserve at paulie's with donald clement and his crew and yeah. they do such a good job and we really appreciate them having us so yeah that's a great location uh you know speaking of tournaments and everything we've got coming up one of the one of the new tools that we've been able to put out there and provide in in conjunction with the Carolina's Golf Association and the Women's South Carolina Golf Association is what we're calling the schedule of the Carolinas. Yep. Um, it's an electronic schedule that you can go on and filter through men's events, women's events, aged events, you know, SCGA events, CGA events. It's really a, a powerful program that we've got out there, and it's, it's, you can find it at scgolf.org um, or, or the Carolinas website or Women's Golf Association website. But if you if you need to get in there and really dial in what you're looking for, because there's a lot of as we know, there's a lot yeah. of events that go on in the Carolinas. There's not many open dates. Not many on open that dates. Um, but it's uh it's something we thought the three associations thought that if you know we came out and provided and put together, it would be a great tool for our membership. Oh yeah. And uh, so if you get a chance, check it out. Schedule the Carolinas on our website. And while you're there, there's also a link for the My SCGA app. Yep. Um, must have. Must have. It's uh, SCGA at your fingertips. Register for tournaments. Get results. See all the latest news. Uh, Palmetto Golfer magazine is coming out here pretty soon. Our, our spring edition. You can get mm-hmm. get hold of it there. Um, so it's a. And it's gr- free. It's free, man. It, anything <laughs> free has got to be halfway decent. Even with the cost of inflation these days, it's That's still what, free. It's still free, baby. That's what we do. So uh, yeah. we're excited about that. And then if you get a chance, go check it out. But I, I'm also excited about this next episode of Off the Hosel. Kind of. It's a little bittersweet. Yeah, it is bittersweet. But uh, at least I, we get a chance to talk to him. This is this is all about Kirk Page, my man Rook, yeah. um, who's been with us for 12 years. He interned with us. Uh, twice he's on staff for the last 12 years he kind of became my right hand guy director of operations for us and he's a go-to guy he's a go-to guy he was my go-to guy and he he, he thought like me which helped me a lot (laughs) kind of let me have a little bit of peace but uh as this episode comes out rook's last day was was yesterday at the partners championship and he's moving on going into real estate going to be a father to his his new son now he's got two sons now and uh I just really thought this would be a great opportunity for, for us to talk to Rook a little bit and everybody to kind of hear a little bit about Kirk and where he came from and his background and what he's meant to us and what, what he'll continue to mean to us. So he'll still always be a part of the SCGA family. Yeah. So I uh, hope everybody enjoys the listen, and uh, thank you, Rook, for all you've done for the SCGA and, and our partnerships. Together, the South Carolina Golf Association, the South Carolina Junior Golf Association, and the South Carolina Junior Golf Foundation strive to promote, preserve, and grow the game of golf in South Carolina. Through a combined effort, each association and the foundation work to support amateur golf, junior golf, and grow the game's initiatives throughout the state of South Carolina. Be sure to follow all three organizations on our social media handles for the latest and greatest updates and news. The MySCGA app is also a great way for all members to post scores, follow live scoring at SCGA Major Championships, and stay updated on all things SCGA. To follow live scoring of the SCJGA events, download the SCJGA app. Special guest to this episode of Off the Hosel, Mr. Kirk Page, longtime SCGA employee. Kirk, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. So, Biff, why do we bring Kirk in? Well, you know, Kirk has been a central piece of what we've done for a long, long time. I guess right at 12 years. Is that right? Yeah, right, right, at, right at 12 years. 11 years full-time and two two internships. Yeah. I mean, let, let me get this out of the way because it's going to come. And just like with Justin, you know, we called him Juice a little bit. That's my uh, kind of my deal around yeah. the office. 
Uh, and most people know this, but but Kirk Page is also known as Rook. Yeah. Um, started a long time ago when one of his first internships, and we tend to sometimes nickname some folks that come through the process. And and Rookie was actually the the nickname and turned into Rook, and that's what we've known him as for well for twelve years as we just covered. So it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. I had a guy actually stop me at the gas station the other day. I was pumping gas, and this random guy comes and stares at my license plate. And he goes, what is that? And I was like, it's a nickname. And he just kind of looked at me funny. I was like, man, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> you know, I do remember you got named Rookie during your internship. And then when you came back, I don't know if it's full-time, I wanted to name you I wanted to name Higgins. You Higgins, Higgins. <laughs> from Magna P.I. And you said, nope, nope. No. Rook. Rookie, Rookie Higgins. That was going to be the alter ego. So we got Rook on the show today because I think most people are aware. Um, you know, he's been with us for twelve years, and and as life cycles through, Rook's going to be moving on and doing some bigger and better things. And I wanted to have the opportunity to bring him on here and kind of share his story and what he's seen through the years and what we've done through the years. And he's the epitome of the SCGA story as far as an employee. He he, he came through our scholarship program through the foundation. Um, Went to the University of South Carolina, went was the sport administration department program there, and, and with that you have to do two different types of internships. He did both of them with us. Yep. And then came on after that last one and uh, I brought him on with me as kind of my right hand man assistant as as in my situation then as a tournament director. And then uh, as we progressed through the cycles of, of, of the, the situations here at South Carolina Golf Association, we brought him back as a director of operations and He's been with us in that that role for five years now. But to get to that point, Rook, let's start let's start at the beginning when you were a baby. Where Dillon, South Carolina, you grew up? Dillon, South Carolina, the small town. Small town right right near Florence. We always I know everybody always says south of the border, but I do not necessarily claim that. <laughs> Dillon's right outside of that. But yeah, went to went to Dillon High School. Um, went to went to Dillon High. Did not play actually high school golf. We uh, we actually did not have a high school golf team uh, growing up. Um, it kind of my brother's four years older than me. He actually played on the golf team, and they dis- disbanded it before I was able to get up there. So I ended up playing baseball, football, played golf a ton. Um, my my grandfather pretty much got me into it at a young age. I'd always played it, always at the golf course when I wasn't doing those sports or at school. And um, and anyhow, I, I fell in love with being out on the golf course, playing the game, and uh, ended up. Uh, ended up having a great relationship with the head pro at the time phil wallace yep. uh, who is actually in north carolina now um who he, he's been around the been a, around the game for a long long time very instrumental especially for uh especially for youth golfers people who are trying to t- or kids that are trying to take up the game and he he kind of took me under his wing and i mean I, I i i grew up during the summers working at twin lakes country club at the time what'd you do at twin lakes i did everything that i possibly could do at twin lakes i was i was diving in pond well, I, I guess we can say that now i was going in ponds to change uh to change uh irrigation lines um to, I, I did that a few times and nobody else would volunteer to do it so i'd go in there and do it for the superintendent i mean i did everything from that to cutting greens cutting fairways changing tees changing changing uh hole locations uh i helped him you know do scoreboards i mean that was that was kind of crazy that it came to fruition at a later point in my life because i never thought that i'd be doing that i honestly did that i I was doing that as as a a senior in high school summer job summer job freshman year summer job in college and stuff like that so it's it's amazing how i went went from that to coming to the golf association i was 
I will say a lot of people I interview on the superintendent side are that same story, but they go the superintendent route. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, I think I think Dylan's Dylan's a little bit different situation. I mean, I was I was very close to the superintendent. Um, Copeland Ray was his name. He he was a um, a, a heck of a golfer. Uh, my granddad was always good friends with him, um, and you know he was another guy. You know, I I go back home for summer breaks and stuff like that, and he'd always tell me he'd go out there and beat me with a four iron, and I got no doubt that he would have taken me to town <laughs> if I'd ever taken that bet, uh, which is kind of funny. Tell us about Twin Lakes. What's the facility like? Twin Lakes. It's it's uh it's still it's still running. It's actually a uh, uh, they've changed the name now. Muni. Uh, yeah, it's a municipal golf course. So they named it after the guy who granted them the land after his wife, correct? They, yeah, the Johnsons. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the Johnson family, um, which I, I don't necessarily know so well. But um, uh, again, I'd have to ask James the correct correct name of the golf Dylan course. Muni. Yeah, we'll yeah I think it's the Vivian Johnson Memorial Golf yeah. Course now. Um, and and I, it's probably bad to say I haven't been out there in a while, but I do know that it's still going. I still try to at least keep up with some friends and Dylan who go out there and play. But um, it's a beautiful place to grow up. You know, it's a it's a short golf course. Short golf course. It's a – Par 72? It's uh yeah, par 72. Par 72, but it's uh, – again, I think it's like 64, 6,500 yards. But there's dog legs. It's kind of got somewhat of a Pinehurst feel. It's tree line. Every hole is pine tree lined and things like that. Which I mean, it's only an hour hour fifteen from Pinehurst, so it's got a lot of the, a lot of the same feel as some of the courses up there. That's cool. Yeah, you, you, and I know we got you through the superintendent's job and you diving ponds, what have you. You played a little bit of golf too, though, right? Just for fun. I did. I did. I'd play pretty much every afternoon. I'd go diving diving ponds, cut greens, and then I'd go play golf until dark, and then I'd go home. And your brother, your older brother Hank, he's the one that brought the golf team to an end at Dillon. Right? I think that's pretty much what what made the end of it. Yeah, he uh, he played for a little bit of time. He he um I wish he'd get his passion back to do it so we could get out there a little bit more. But yeah, they, uh, you know, just with uh, being Dillon, such a small town, um, there just wasn't a whole lot of people that there was not a lot. Just in my, I mean, just in my high school alone, there was there was probably three of us that really could play golf, and right. that was that was one of my best friends. Um, my best friend that I grew up with, David Braddy. I mean, he he and I played all the time. Um, and then really, there was one other kid who uh, it was actually Cope, it was actually Cope's son who could who could play, and, and that was that was pretty much it. So back still in the high school days, and Dylan and wherever you. Now, one little known fact I think people don't know is, uh, and I think it's important because it's something I know you're proud of is you're an Eagle Scout. Yeah. I mean, that, there's not many people who can got that Eagle Scout badge, you know. No, no, it was. Uh, well, you know, the Eagle Eagle Scout. It was. Uh, I was always in into the Boy Scouts of America. It was. Uh, it was. That was just one thing, like that. I was a part of. Again, my brother was a part of it, and you know, just kind of following along with that. And I mean, it was a good group of. It was a good group of kids and Dylan that were a part of it, and. You know, even they're they're friends that are still today. But you know, at the time, at the time, Boy Scouts was was big to me because it was it was going learning how to camp. It was being outdoors, which is all I I, I love being outdoors. It's just kind of my thing. And um, I mean, you're learning survival techniques, knots. You're learning you know how to how to cook for the first time outside of your house and things like that. And I mean, then then you're hanging out, you're playing games, and I mean, they're also teaching you you know teaching you you know how to have honor and integrity and it's a lot a lot like the game of golf i mean boy scouts and and golf are a lot a lot alike because they teach you values that you need going through life yeah no that's that's a good parallel with it and they that and that 
that from there took you into that to the University of South Carolina. It did. It did. I, I went to. Uh, I, I. It's kind of. It's kind of funny. As big as of Gamecock as I am, uh, and grew up being. Uh, I, I did not start out a Gamecock, even though I don't necessarily bring that up very much. I, I didn't have a choice at the time, but now once I had the choice, I became a Gamecock. So that, you pulled for the Tigers? Something like that. Is I've, there a picture of you with Tiger stuff on? I do have. I do have a couple, but I try not to bring those out. They're in my safe. What age did you convert? Uh, I'd say. I mean, probably by like nine. Okay, nine yeah, something yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I was kind of. I was forced to enjoy the Tiger and. Right. Did you enjoy? Did it? Do you feel better after you came out? I did. Yeah. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I know it was. It was good. I, I again. I, I. I started going to a lot of Carolina games. At, at, at you know once I once I really started dating my now wife. I mean we went to a ton of Carolina games going through high school and and. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that I, I knew that I, I was wanting to go into sports at the time, or at least that's the that was that was what I was the, the best at. And so I wanted to go into sports management, and I, I'd searched across South Carolina. I wanted to stay in 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 state for school, and um, I also knew that my 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 baseball ability and football ability wasn't going to take me really to the next level. Five nine first baseman that <laughs> just lost the state championship to Michael Roth and Riverside. I, I figured that was kind of the end of my end of my career right there. Um, but you know, I, I knew I wanted to stay in sports. Uh, sports management again. Uh, they they had the top program, and they probably still are the top program in the nation when it comes to sports management departments. And um, but we still have connections with them, you know, between Tom, Tom Regan and um, a couple other guys that are still there that help us get interns um, on a, on an annual basis. But knew that I wanted to do that, and you know, just going to that, I knew that I had to do two internships, and it was it was pretty amazing how it ended up happening. I. Just through the connection with Phil Wallace, of course, just coming from a coming from at the time a single single family or single parent family. Uh, after my parents had a divorce, you know, my mom's public school teacher. She knew that I needed scholarships to go to school, and just through communications with Phil and um, knowing the South Carolina Junior Golf Foundation, Phil was like, "Hey, y'all need to apply for this. It's not just for people who go play college golf. Like you've been around it enough, and you've worked in it. Like you need to apply for it." And um, anyhow, that's that's how I ended up getting the foundation scholarship, really, which led me into meeting the GA. Um, but what I want to say is always what impressed me is that you came to the golf day. Yeah. The first year you won yeah. your scholarship. Yep. You know, we always recognize champions, and I get it. If you win not a major tournament, but a small tournament, you want to drive three hours to stand up, you know, get recognized. But you did. You were one of the few that – when we recognized you stood up, I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, scholarship. Well, yeah. I tell you, my, my my mom was she she was like, "You're you're going to this like no que- you know no questions asked. You're going to get it. They gave it to you. You at least need to go be in attendance." And um, I, I mean, I still remember I still remember Columbia Country Club going to that and and getting recognized for it. And there was no other scholarship winners that day right. that were there. And so I think Biff was the one who walked up and said, "Hey, won't you just come sit with the staff?" And that was how I ended up meeting. All of you guys was because because I got the scholarship and um, after talking with Biff, you know he knew that I needed internship opportunities and I knew that I needed two and that was really how the first internship opportunity came up was through sitting at that table and going to that luncheon for the for the Hall of Fame day for Golf Day. It's amazing how little things like that will change your life. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. You, oh, you don't realize stuff like that. It's actually going to happen. You know, when it happens, it's just kind of crazy when it comes for, full circle. Yeah. So. You came in. You, what was your first summer here? What did you think? 
It was good. It was uh it Where was, we did the stay down that year? We did the stay down Musgrove. Amateur. No, uh, Musgrove. Okay. Wow. Musgrove was so the, that first. Was the Lee, year Lee Palms. The Lee one. Man, I don't remember's <clears throat> good. I didn't remember that. That's so that was your first and <laughs> was that the year where I put you up when we had this big cooler? That was when that was when I was in you stuffed me in the tent bag and yeah. you had me around yeah. on the back of the guy. I do remember yeah. that. <laughs> I do remember that. I mean, you know, we, we well, obviously everything everybody that listens to this and been in our championships knows that we run a quality high end championship. We like to have a good time too though, and, and I think that's kinda what you know, especially that time Alan and Rook were there. Well what happened what what had happened was uh they, they, the Heritage Group sent us down there, sent us these big coolers back for our players to put on the course. And yeah. these bags were huge. And that we, I taught Kirk into getting to a bag. And it made, it made it look like I had a cooler in my cart. And I said, Biff, have you seen Kirk? And then Kirk <laughs> unzips them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, anyway. There's not many times that I go behind the Musgrove Clubhouse and I do not think about right. popping out that bag. <laughs> so, what did you think of your first summer here, though? I mean, I, I, mean, I, I tell you, the and it's, it's so it's, it's amazing just the time that I've been at the Golf Association and looking back at the time of when I interned. I mean, I. It was not only the group that I was working with or the people that I was working with. I mean, it was it was getting out there and grinding and, and watching people do the same thing that I was doing between putting up a tent or marking a golf course. And, um, I mean, even though you're a low man on the totem pole, you're not necessarily always considered that. You know, people are working alongside of you. And um, – you got to spend. Didn't you have Bob Gillespie in your room that I week? I did. I did actually. Yeah. He still oh, does. Right. He, we did, he still does not remember that. I told Biff that after golf day the other day. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. we were in the cottages and we were yeah. splitting up rooms, and Gillespie was in there yeah. with us. I yeah. remember Kirk and Tim Tang had some crazy wee battles. That's why yeah. Yeah. Nintendo yeah. Wii came Tim out. Tim Tang. Yeah. Tim Tang and his caddy. I, I forgot what his caddy's name John? was. John. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but it was. I mean, that first internship. It was so eye-opening to know that you know running events around the state at all these beautiful golf courses and meeting all these people i mean i think the i think the biggest part not only in just then but now is just the you know communication with the players communication with the players and the relationship with the players i, I you know i know i, I know especially before we started doing this i was kind of thinking about it but i was like the, the thing that makes this job and internships better than a lot of places is you are you, you have the opportunity to meet a ton of people you right i mean you 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 meet people that you're going to see for the rest of your life and at least have have good relationships with and yeah. you, you'll reconnect at some point in time or you'll see them every week and I, I know we always get thanked i know we always get thanked doing what we do um but at the same time i, I try to thank players as much as they thank us because we wouldn't be running tournaments without them very true. being a part of it i, I know the feeling the junior golf circuit gets so heavy in the summertime you feel like you see these same kids yeah. once yeah. a week every other week and then you go that uh after the players championship you don't see them for another four months it's like man i haven't seen y'all in forever yeah. well uh, i tell you just to that point we just did our 40 plus finale at uh true blue first of december and we won't see those guys well we did i guess it's at daltall they're about there for daltall for 40 plus but you know th- there's a time frame in there you don't see them and yeah, yeah. it's like kind of like man, man kind of part of your family you <laughs> yeah know? You it does see for a little bit all right, so you finished the first one. You go back to school for a year. Yep. And then you said, let me do it again? And then, so I actually had one summer where I did not have to. I actually, uh, I believe it or not, I actually uh, went with my best friend from Dillon and lived at Ocean Isle Beach for the summer. And I went to work for Eagle, at, went to work maintenance at Eagle Nest Golf Course, which was uh, Senator Dick Elliott. So I, I paid, I was a Senate page for four years for Dick Elliott in okay. Columbia. 
um, and he knew that I needed a job or I knew I wanted a job in golf down there and I ended up going and working maintenance all summer for them yeah yeah and so in Little I, River I, yeah in Little River yeah. so I'd literally I'd, I'd wake up I'd be at the golf course at what five or whatever do my work get off at three tee it up go play nine holes go back home jump on a boat wakeboard go to sleep and do it again the next day and it was an awesome summer i was about now, to say yeah <laughs> you were wakeboarding in the in the waterway right in the waterway now, would, intercoastal. You, would you do that today i don't know i've i've, I've i don't know where my fear my, yeah. my fear factor i think the older i get I know my, where you my, do. my fears keep coming up I, I think about jumping in the water now a lot uh-huh. more than i used to do. <laughs> yeah i agree so then you came back the next year and 2010 yep summer and 2010 turned, and that was the year we were at Columbia Country Club for the State Am. Yep. Drew Arts beat Wesley Bryan. Yeah, two hole playoff. Yep. 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 Now was that was that the year that we lost a round? Yes. We, we lost a round. Lost a golf cart. Yeah. Lost a at tent. Columbia Country Club. I don't know. Maybe we didn't sparrow in on this part Oof, of it. Yeah. But, uh, that was, yeah. That was that was the year Alan had to come save me for some unknown oh, reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that too. Number seven. Yeah. I yeah. forgot about that. I forgot about. Real that. quick, <laughs> we we had we had a terrible storm come through. I mean, just a storm like. Probably hadn't seen it Columbia Country Club before, and it it had us all hiding and almost took tents out, almost took people out, and Rook was trying to get back in from the course to try to make sure everybody was safe and not out there and coming down through the woods on 7 back yeah. towards the yep. clubhouse. Yep. Um, left side of 7. Couldn't really, it was raining so hard he really couldn't see what was down below him in the golf cart, and he hit something, a rut, I, I guess. Hit, I hit a washout that yeah. was about it, – it had to be two feet deep. And I didn't see it because it was covered with pine straw, and I, I've never hit a steering wheel that hard in my life. <laughs> Pretty much just splayed the wheels out yep. in front of you sideways. Yeah, right? yeah, the front. If, yeah. If, yeah, if, if anybody can imagine what it looks like, the front wheels are literally almost flat. Have you ever seen this, uh, one of those fox squirrels laid out in the sand trying to cool off down yeah. there on the coast? That's what that's what this golf cart looked like. Because we, we lost that third round. Yeah, we lost uh, that. I remember Damon Postal went from clubhouse leader after shooting like a 70, and he had to go replay the third round, and he, he went – Maybe the second round, but he went. He went from clubhouse leader to miscut. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. I mean, it's, you know, stories like that. We to this day, twenty twenty two, last year, last time we were out there at Columbia for an event. I think that comes up every time you and Sparrow get together. He, oh yeah, he puts yeah. A, a warning sign on your card. Well, or I something. tell you that that happened. That's funny. That happened. I was fearing for my life because I mean, we literally went out. I still uh, we we went out just to go save a clock, and I got out there, and it was the worst storm I think I'd ever been in my life. <laughs> Turned around trying to make it back, hauling tail to get back in. Split the golf cart. Had to call Alan to grab James's car to come get me on seven because that was the fastest way to do it. <laughs> and I still remember drive. I still remember riding back with Alan to get back to the clubhouse. Happened literally just basically offered me the job a couple days prior to the state am, and I was sitting there trying to think of how I was going to explain to myself to Hap and to Biff. How, how I think I should hopefully keep the job, even though I just ruined a, a couple thousand dollar golf cart on the way in. Well, it worked out, and we brought you in. And then um, we, uh, I, I do remember, I think that next year when you were full time, you and I went on a about a 12, 13 day tournament run. And we were literally going from golf course to turn to a hotel to. I remember waking up halfway through it, not knowing what city I was in yeah. in South Carolina. Yeah, no, we jumped in that, that second internship or the final internship. I mean, I can I came back and just I think the, I think it it was very beneficial. I think for me because I knew exactly what I was about to jump into. It wasn't a learning process all over again. Right. I basically jumped in the car with you and we went from Deborah to, I think we went to five other golf courses within <laughs> like ten days. 
uh, between U.S. Open qualifiers and SCGA events. But, um, yeah, it was, that was definitely a, that, that was a whirlwind of a week whenever I came back. But it was awesome. It was good. So you, you took the job. Yep. What was your first role? Uh, first role term was assistant. term assistant. Term yeah. assistant, basically being Biff's right hand man um, at all all SCGA events. But you know, I mean, just like doing this job, uh, even now, I mean, it's it was one of those things. I, I the majority of my time was spent working with Biff and going to tournaments. But at the same time, I was ready to jump in if if you know the JGA needed help yeah. or the foundation needed help. I was I was trying to do stuff there too. I remember you working at Fall Challenge with us. Yeah, once. I did. And you met others probably, but uh, did you? You did one days too, didn't you? I did one days uh-huh. uh, later on. Later on, okay, uh, a couple wasn't. a couple years into it, then I jumped in doing the SCJ one days from James. Um, and I think I think when I took it over, I think we had seventy five one days scheduled, um, and we did that for a, I mean for a while. It was it was a heavy schedule for a while till COVID. Yeah, yes. COVID kind of changed that whole program for us. And at, you know, we are just so people know our you know our one day series back in the day was as much for us to to give an opportunity to play golf but it was also to kind of fill in some tee times for some of these clubs that needed those tee times filled because they you know this is things were kind of slow in the golf world and well that changed after covid dramatically dramatically these courses didn't need us to fill their times they they needed us to get out of the way so they can fill their own times that's true so we 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 made a little bit of a switch from that one day series but um it was it was really strong it was you know, we didn't have as many events back in that day either, and we weren't doing as much as we are now. And we've added so many championships, and things have just changed so much in the you know the ten, twelve years that, that Kirk's been a part of it. And technology's changed. I mean, yeah, um, you know, let's let's talk about this real quick. Handwriting, yeah. okay? Oh yeah. When yeah. you when you first got here, no clue. Right. And Joe was the best scoreboard guy in this office, hands down. Phil Pendergrass was. I was about to say it was Phil, then yeah, Joe. Yeah, but I'm talking about during my tenure. Yeah. But then Phil was the master teacher. You know, I even attended – when I worked at Columbia Country Club as assistant, I went to a class at Windermere that Phil taught on scoreboard writing. I went to that same class, and I quit calligraphy that day. <laughs> yeah, I, I realized how bad I was that day. But you got tasked with doing that at some point. I, I did. And, yeah, and, and honestly, I learned it. I learned it all basically from – from Joe. Joe, I know. Joe basically just taught me, you know. And but you took it. It's like you became the teacher, the master. Yes. I, yeah, I did. I it was just something. I, I mean, I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed doing it once. Once I initially was shown how to do it, and right. then obviously going to SCJ tournaments. Biff didn't. Biff didn't no. want. Biff didn't want to write, so that was kind of my duty is to be able to do the calligraphy. I but think you, it was more Biff couldn't write. <laughs> it was more, more like I remember the first time I had that half a marker. I was like, wow, yeah. that's all we could do. Uh, but you almost got. Like the calligraphy, not just the the beautiful scoreboard, but the right. actual old English. Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, I, I think I did it a couple of times for like the Can Am team matches where I did old old English to make it look good. But right. um, I, yeah, I mean, it was something that I I I, I love doing it. I probably spent more time than I should practicing it instead of doing other things. But um, I mean, it was it was one of those things like you 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 start doing it, and you see how good Joe does it, and then you go to like. I mean, then you go. You see what Jeff Tallman does. Jeff Tallman's got beautiful calligraphy, right. and then even more so. I mean, you talk about Steve Bayer. Yeah. You go watch Steve do yeah. it, and Steve, you know Steve's telling he's done it at pro events and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm yeah. like, I, I mean, I I literally when I was really doing calligraphy, I asked for Steve's old uh, old practice sheets. That right. way, I could go over his letters and yeah. his numbers. That's so, when they tasked me with it. That's yeah. I went down there and tried to learn from him. All right, something else from scoreboards. You probably don't do it anymore, but back when Biff would have a four-day tournament and every day would have its own tournament summary header, yeah, you want to make it look good, so you have to fill it in with highlighter. We had, 
And if I if one person sat there and highlighted all those things, they'd be there for an hour. Oh yeah, you know. So you and I used to have highlight parties. Highlight parties, yeah. Are you? Still? Man, that was back in the day. Nobody yeah. knows about that here no, anymore. I like, hey, man, you want to come highlight with me? He's like, yeah. And we just sit back there, and it's, it's very tedious, and it's a big area that you have to cover. Yeah, very much. It takes a little time. Yeah. Do you do that anymore? Or is it no. now electronic? No, we've gone we've gone pretty much all electronic for golf association events, and I mean that's really that's really just due to of people that they don't. They don't take the time to just the way the technology is gone between looking at your phone or looking at your computer. People just don't take the time to look at right well done calligraphy boards anymore. It's a piece of art, really. It really, and we did it for our majors. You know, even oh, yeah. even with, you know when, if it wasn't a major, and I say majors like our individual majors. If it was like the players' four ball or or senior four ball, we would we'd run those through the through the computer program that was doing our tournament package at that time. But but the the individuals rook would get out there and, and write these things out. Um, and summary boards, we did at pretty much every event. Yeah, every event. Uh, but, again, that's one thing that came from COVID. We were forced to get away from that and yeah. start really using the Golf Genius. And now everybody's looking at their phone anyhow, and we've not made the move back. Uh, I no. know the Junior Golf Association still, for, pur- for certain purposes, still uses a scoreboard here and there. But, um, again, one thing that people don't think about, when you've got a scoreboard, when you're doing a scoreboard for 144 people for the amateur – and then you want to put a, 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 a summary board up there beside it, and then maybe, let's say, some sponsorship advertising, all of a sudden you're into a scoreboard that doesn't exist anymore physically. Yeah, you there's can't, not a lot of scoreboards. You can't find many like that. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it's accomplished a lot. Debadu was the first thing. Uh, you know, They didn't have a scoreboard that could hold, hold much of anything. We had to build one right. the first time we were there. The last time we were there. We didn't need it. We had big old TV up there, 65-inch TV, and just put it out there for everybody yep. to look at. So just – the way times changed. Yeah, and that does save you, saves you some effort and time, you know, yeah. here and there. I do have a, when about it works. three feet high of summary sheets back there in the storage room that we will never get used. So if anybody <laughs> needs some scrap paper, we got some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we just did an order before that stopped. How about the rules of golf? Okay. When you came here. Yep. I mean, I'm sure you knew the basics. And we all think we know the basics, but we all know. Oh yeah, that we well, know what we don't know. No, we we've got no idea. I mean, the rule the rules of golf. Like when I first jumped into it, I yeah, you know the basic, you know the basics of how to get into anything, but you don't really know situational right. issues um, or or just the the correct procedures and doing things and, and the language. The language is the language, especially yeah. if you're learning something like that. And, May uh, versus must, and oh know. yeah, oh yeah, and and you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I you know the, even the even even the first few years that I was here, I the rules of golf never was really my thing. Right. Did I could I say that I really wanted to delve into it? Not necessarily, but um, I, I think whenever I really stepped into Biff's old role, um, or at least you know felt like it felt like that's what I did. I I I kind of. I basically just said I've got to learn this. Yeah. I got to learn this a lot more than what I did the first time, and um, it, it helped me tremendously. I mean, it helped me tremendously. Yeah, honestly, when you play golf, it it benefits you more to know the rules than not know the rules because it's going to put you usually in a better situation than what you thought you had, or you've got options. Right, and the worst part they're ever changing. Seems like did they change anything this year? Bill? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, we just got back. I mean, we had five of us went to. Um, Went to Atlanta for five. Literally, just got back with five days, uh, four day. It's three days, eight to five o'clock of listening to these two instructors, not read a book to you, but going through slideshows. So you're there for three days, and then the final day, the fourth day, is a four hour uh, exam, a five, 50, 50 question closed book, fifty question open book. I took Rick Veith, who's our foundation chairman and an attorney, to this. I don't know why he wanted to go, but this has been ten, fifteen years ago. 
And we walked out of there from the test. He goes, Biff, I'd rather take the bar exam three times than that son of a Man. gun again. Yep. So um, it's something. It, it, it'll it'll rock your – it'll unnerve you. It, no, it's definitely – it was tough for me to grasp. I think I grasped the rules better now. And But working, Miller was pretty good with them. And yeah. uh, you learn how to identify things. And obviously we always had our backup, Biff. We always had Biff, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you now the backup – my backup now is this app. I mean, they, they've got yeah. – the USGA, if they've done anything, they've got a rules of golf app that they've got out there that you can set to get you know full full extent – and you can search it, and boy, it, it you can find it way quicker than digging through quicker. that rule book and the or the decisions book. book yeah. yeah, I don't even carry decisions book or rules book with me more because I got my app right there on my phone. That I, I pull up and look at. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me about some of your relationships you built throughout the years. I mean, you you came in here kind of a young buck, didn't yeah. know much about anything, and I mean, you've through the not only just the the professional relationships that that the, at the golf courses Steve Bears and yeah. Clem Kings and what have you, but but also some of these guys that have come through that some are close to your age, some are a little bit younger, some are a little bit older. But I mean, you've you've created quite a quite a contact list to this thing. Yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a it's been a uh, that's that's probably the most fun part of this job. Again, is is meeting meeting people and and discussing people with different backgrounds and. Um, I mean, just having the relationship with the guy when I first started, I mean, having the relationship with your Biff's good friends that were playing in the 40 plus stuff from like the Schwab's or Anthony Johnson's, um, or things like that. Um, you know, having good relationships with those guys and they're still playing in events now between, you know, guys that are near my age, you know, kind of like, you know, like, like Weston Bell or Kyle Bearden or, you know, again, Sam Jackson, who was just in here, yeah. who won player of the year. I mean, it was, it was pretty neat, you know, watching him. I guess when I really first started, he was kind of still playing junior golf, about to make the switch over to Presbyterian, you know, made the switch over, got to watch him in college golf. Uh, running SCG events and now to watch him, you know that was that was neat the other day presenting him um, with with SCG Player of the Year because I've watched him for yeah. so long. Um, and you know it's uh, again it's I, I think it, when I first started, you know I, I still you know Wesley and George were playing. Um, they were playing. They were kind of getting at their heyday, you know. And George and I are the same age, so kind of again watching them somewhat when I was early college days to you know actually getting to see them compete, like at Carolina um, or Jacob Berger, who was tearing it up from the junior scene, ended up going to Clemson and play, you know was playing well. And uh, I, another one that stood out, you know, was like Alan Coon. Alan Coon went to Carolina, and, you know, he and I had a relationship, especially running SCG events. I know he stopped for a while, but it was – he has started playing in SCG events again. I mean, it was, it was neat. You know, I, I probably hadn't taught him in 10 years. And then when he came out, it was just like seeing him all over again. So it's kind of it's kind of funny how those – again, those relationships come back at a later point in time. I don't know if this is the right thing. You can stop me, Biff. And we Let's talk about the relationships, but let's talk about the characters. Yeah. Like, let's take the Greenwood group. They used to bring, come lefty-righty and bring us boiled peanuts every yeah. year. Yeah. Frank and uh, – Yeah. Um, any other – any characters? Lewis Rollins. Yeah, yeah Lewis, Lewis Rollins. Rollins. Any characters that really have stuck out with you? I mean, there's definitely plenty. I tell you, the, the and I, he was going to love me saying this, the two people that I was scared to death of when I first interned, the first time I still remember I met them at Musgrove on number one was Mike Gravely and Max Fain. And I hated every bit of them coming up to the first tee because they gave me as much grief as I, I could possibly get. 
Um, just in general? Just to do it. Just to do just it. To just screw to screw with it. them. Just to do it. And now seeing them at, at, at events, I mean, they, you know, if I ever needed something, there are two people I could call and ask a question or, or needed something. Well, it's and it's tough because I was there too. You know, I was I was right out of college. I was 22 years old when I, when I started. And, you know, you go to a golf tournament and you're 22 and you're young and you, you're looking at these guys, these Mike Gravelys and Stan Sills, these guys that are up and, you know, and – you got to say something to somebody, and you're just like, man, it's hard as a young person doing that. How, so, how am I going? Yeah, how to and be that, the authority? Yeah, I think I think especially I was kind of in that same spot, and and finally Biff was like, you know, if you got a slow player, you just got to man up and just do it, and just it doesn't matter if they're it doesn't matter if they're 40, 50, 60 years old. He was like, if they're slow, it's your job to go tell them. And, right. And I think that I think that was a good thing for me as well, because I I mean it, it opens you up to have that conversation. It's really how you how you say that to them. That's how you build the relationship. Yeah. It's well, not just a you need to speed up. It's a it's the proper way. It's the proper way. And yeah. most of the time, you do that. You can be like, "Hey, man, you know, slow pick it up." But then <laughs> right. every now and then, somebody's gonna blow up. Somebody's on mad about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And somebody's then it gets to the point it. where, like, I mean, I, I, some of these guys, I can walk into the fairway and just do my point at my yes. watch, you know, and yeah. they, they, they understand where I, what I need from them. Right. Um. But you got to build that. I mean, I've been doing it for a long time. Rook's been doing it for a long yeah. time, and yeah. that that comes with the territory. So. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm just a kind of excerpt to that as well. A, a figure who. I tell you, he he was he made hey, this his first internship too, and I know he does it to every intern. But I would I would be awful not saying this. Bill Smunk, you know, you give your speech to Bill Smunk, and he's very quiet at first, and then he looks at you and he says, "That's the best speech I've ever heard." <laughs> I got the same and it thing. Bu- it builds you up so yeah. much, and then a couple interns later, you, you're like, "Well, this guy said this yeah. to me," yeah, and I was like, "Man." Uh, but just with him, you know, I mean, even just watching him in the in the short time that I have been at the Golf Association to – I know he played long before me being here, but, you know, even watching him go into Hall of Fame and stuff like that. No, he's great. Uh, there's just a lot of guys like that that you you respect a yeah. lot in doing this. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. So let me, let me ask you some golf course questions. So uh, you've marked a lot of golf courses here in yeah. South Carolina, a bunch of them. Anything, any, any one or two of them stand out to you as far as difficulty of marking? Just the hardest mark that, that you can imagine? The worst, yeah. Briars Creek, the first time you and I did it, yeah, that was brutal. It was that brutal. was brutal. There was no stuff. They had never had a real event out there, and we had to go and stake the entire mm-hmm. golf course and mark the entire golf course for a one day qualifier. Yep. And that was it's one of those you start walking and you turn around. And you, you, keep walking. you don't know where you are. You just no, keep walking. Yeah. yeah. Briars Creek is probably the, that was probably the roughest mark that I think I've had. But I tell you, Crowfield, Crowfield was yep. surprisingly one of the one of the toughest marks I had with our intern uh, Trevor uh, a couple years ago. It was uh, there's a ton of out of bounds on that golf course. Yeah, and that's one of the things. I mean, we've all done it, but you know, for the, the guys that come playing these things, it's just on the peripheral. They don't even think about it, but. Yeah, it's one thing to drop a lot of red or yellow paint around some of these clean water has clean penalty areas that are out there, but when you get in that out of bounds and really having to make sure these things are lined up and going around and dotting dotting the state for a big you know four day amateur events yeah. if they get moved, I mean it's uh, it's a lot well, into it. And I you know honestly, that, I think that was probably the biggest thing. The first time that I interned, it was the most eye opening thing in the world because. You know, you think, oh man, I'm just going to run some golf tournaments, and I know I know a lot of people that aren't in the golf industry. They're just like, oh, they just they just show up and just tee them off and score them or whatever. But I mean, you're getting out there, and like I I try to explain to people, I was like, what I do is you, you think of a you think of a football field, you think of a basketball court or baseball field. You got to have boundaries. 
you got to have boundaries. Yeah. You got to have definitions of you know what what's the foul line or what's out of bounds or and what's the goal line. And it, it you can do it wrong. You could yeah, and yeah. it can affect the outcome just as just as much. You know, um, and, and I mean that's literally what you're doing. You're going and you're setting the boundaries for a golf course. You're, you're doing the out of bounds. You're doing the penalty areas. Uh, you're setting the team markers. You're setting the hole locations. And, yeah. I mean, we all know too. You put one bad hole location out there, and you're gonna ruin somebody's day. Yeah, you, and your day's gonna get ruined. Yeah, too. seventy-two hole event. You can put seventy-one great hole locations. And you'll <laughs> never hear about it. You put one bad one, boys. Step back. It's yeah. coming at you. So, yeah. all right. So we talked about some of the preparation on the golf course, and we haven't even touched into everything we normally do. Like now with the amateur, because we really blow this thing out for the amateur with banners and flags and things everywhere, signage and all that. But Things that we do prior to going to a golf tournament that you do from that office in there with that phone on your face for however many hours a day, kind of give give me give us just an idea of what all is involved before we even start the process. Yeah, I mean it's uh, again that's that's uh, it is part of it's part of the job and it's got to start somewhere. It's, it's between first is I mean first is the communication with the with the professional. Um, you know, it's, it, whether that's a, an event that's going to be five years down the road or a place that you're trying to get your foot into the door. Um, but I mean, basically when you have an event, once you, once you have that event scheduled, I mean, it's just, it's nonstop communication between the, the general manager, the, you know, head professional, first assistant, um, you know, F and B director, you know, and it's, a uh, I mean, it's it's not just uh, it's not just hey, we're doing this on this date. I mean, you you've got to make sure the times are correct. Make sure the carts they have enough carts to do that. Make sure they have enough F and B staff. That way, you can actually have a buffet dinner, or right. or, or if you need a lunch or something like that, and um, you know, pra- practice round times available for our guys. Um, I mean, there's just a lot that goes into it. I mean, especially now more than ever because courses courses now. I mean, they're so busy. They're so busy that. You really have to be very detailed with your conversations with general managers, professionals, and F and B directors because they've got so much going on that they can't just say, "Okay, you're good." You know, free. You know, you're free to roam. Golf course is just yours now. Now they've got, I mean, they've got a packed tee sheet on the day when you got practice rounds out there and you're set up, and you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a endless road of conversations with people just to get it as streamlined as possible that way when people show up to the event all they got to do is play golf have right. fun and turn in a scorecard yep yep there's a lot that goes in i mean as, as again we all know from that side of it but um i think a lot of people are not aware even before you get there scheduling a tournament and you luckily you have kind of your tournament set in stone but Finding a date these days is not easy. No, and I mean, and that's one of the things we you know we we've got we've got a couple events that we do that, that generally go to the same place every year. Our four ball championships at Musgrove, and, and that's that's pretty easy to find a date for that. But uh, you know, unlike a lot of other organizations or, or like our junior golf association, they go to a lot of the same places over and over. So they're finding they're and they, dates are tough. I get that, but we're having to find new locations, basically reinvent the wheel every time we go to a new site, yeah. and. And, and now, with as many events as we're running, the Carolinas Golf Association, the Women's Golf Association, the Carolinas PGA, uh, the, the local chapter things, you know, the, the, the upstate championship, I think they wait till we put our schedule out to try to schedule their upstate championship. And so, I mean, clubs are, clubs are waiting to see our schedules before they do their, their, their club championships or member guests. I mean, so it's, 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 it's not a lot of calendar to fill in everything that we've got to fill in. It's getting more difficult and more difficult every time because we're adding events, and we added the pub links last year yep. um, and, you know, trying to fill in fill in those those areas. So it's, uh, it's a lot that goes into it. It really is. But we are fortunate that in South Carolina 
we can do it year-round. And, you know, Rook had the great idea. We moved one of our U.S. four balls. We've got this huge window of time to do the U.S. four ball. Unlike other USGA events where we've got like 12 or 14 days, they give us like eight months to do the U.S. four ball. Rook found a time in December where we didn't really have a whole lot going on, so let's just do it in December. Yeah, yeah, it ended up working out great. That's just one less one less uh, thing that we have to jump to, and it's something that we can focus on because yep. it needs to be. Yep. So it's uh, it's been good working in the office. Now you did take a brief step away for a little bit. I did, and you went to the insurance world. I did, and then that and was did, did very well. In yeah, the I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. I remember the first thing you told me was like I would not, I, Alan Knight would not survive it because of the human resources and the it, corporate structure. It was different, yeah. It's a, um, it, it was eye opening. It was something that I, it was something that I, I wanted to do. I was ready to go. Just I wanted to go see what corporate America was truly about, and yeah. uh, I did it and did great. And uh, just uh, being 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 behind a desk a wasn't cool. Uh, it was not my thing, and right. I, I learned that. And yeah, um, yeah, I ended up. Uh, it just happened at the right time. I. I, w- I was wanting to come back to the golf association, especially with the changeover. You know, just with Biff taking the ED role, I was kind of hoping that I could be beneficial there. Right, uh, and it ended up just working out no, at the right time. Very, very good. I mean, we were all happy to have you back. Well, I, I could tell you this: when 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 he called me up, it was in December. He called me up, and uh, we had a little small, quick, small chat. And I'm like, "Well, that's this guy calling me? You know, he's been gone a year now, whatever." And he goes. Hey, think maybe we could get together and have a beer. I was like, oh, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, yeah. no, it was great. And I and I tell you, and we'll get to it later. But I mean, you know, for for what I've been trying to do for the last five, going on to six years now, as, as the executive director, and I think I've told everybody you, to to be great. You got to surround yourself with greatness. And um, I was fortunate to have Rook be able to come back. And because my initial plan, I was going to be the tournament guy in the ED. I was going to roll with that until we figure something else out. And Kurt coming back allowed me to kind of step back and concentrate on the ED thing, knowing that he—I'm not going to say learned under me, but he—he he knew the way I—he—he he knew the way I thought for yeah. the last, you know, however many seven years of that time, and so I, I knew it was going to work out just fine. He kept the tournaments on brand with no changes. You couldn't tell, you know. Yeah. So I don't want to certainly don't want to isolate anybody. I'm not going to ask you who your favorite pro you ever worked with is, but right. what, is there a good? What's a fond memory you have from running the tournament? Fun memory, I maybe mean, a feel good moment. Any feel good moments? Yeah, I, I mean uh, the Columbia, uh, the Columbia Country Club State Am. Whenever that happened, and I think that pretty much, de- I don't want to say defined me, but that was a that was definitely a funny moment. Something that I could uh, carry carry on. Um, I mean, honestly, I I think I think every State Am that I've run is just something that, and and honestly, I kind of feel like Biff was the same way. Like. You love running all the other tournaments. I mean, you you love the you love the four ball. Like I it it doesn't get much better than going to Musgrove Mill. Yeah. Uh, my I mean, it's it's uh, people always ask me. I feel like all the time, what what's my favorite golf course? And my favorite golf course in South Carolina is Musgrove Mill Golf Club. Oh. Um, it's it, there there's uh I mean between Jeff Tallman who does anything and everything for you to a golf course is just about as good as it gets. Uh, you know, secluded. It's it's awesome yeah. to. I mean, it's it's a great guy. I mean, it's a great place to be for the four ball. I mean, I've just, there's just been so many memories of being out there. And again, that was my first place for State Am. Um, to you know, running the four ball. You know, hanging out with like. I mean, being able to hang out with like Charles Warren after you know a couple of years ago, hanging out with him and yeah. uh, him and Brent. 
Delahousie to eat eat supper for a little while. I mean, I, I think those those are kind of my my biggest things. But again, state ams are state ams are so memorable. And again, I, I'm sure Biff state ams were memorable to him just because you know the time that it takes. You know the time and the dedication that it takes to make a state am run good when you got 144 people that you're trying to get around a golf course, but you got four qualifiers before that you got to prep for, and then when it's all said and done, you know, it, it, if it runs smooth, it's awesome. It, and the thing about it is, I, 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 like I told Kirk when we were at the Dunes Club this past year, I get there, they'd already been there a day, day prior, and they were kind of finishing up you know, banners and what have you. And I looked around and said, my God, I forget how much stuff we have until the state amateur because that's when we, yeah. we put it all out there. And it's a it's a show. I mean, it is the show of all of our shows. It's our biggest amateur. It's our biggest championship. And uh, we put on a we put on a show like you should for, for state amateur championship. I, I always got turned up for it, like excited, you know. And I this, found this on the web. Uh-oh. This watch talking to my me. My watch again. talking to me already. Uh, you get through those first two days, and when you make the cut, yeah, uh, it feels like you're almost home. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I you know, I, it's all all stadiums or all events that run good. I mean, you're always very proud of it. Uh, you know, the again, the stadium is so is so big and so much into it that you want that to go on without a hitch, and you do your best to try to make sure that that nothing goes wrong. I mean, you're always going to have rain. I was about to say, other than weather. Other than weather. Yeah. Other than weather, if you can make it go okay, it's great. But, I mean, really, I mean, it's recent. But, I mean, I enjoyed being at the dunes more than anything because it was you had a you had a kid who grew up, you know, somebody like Randy who's been a part of the Golf Association and, and different aspects of that to, I mean, watching Zach grow up to, you know, winning it in high school, going to Carolina the next year. And, I mean, you're at a club that's so ex- – you know exclusive like the dunes that the fact that i could make that go off without a hitch was probably one of my prouder moments because out of any place that i wanted to screw up that was not it no that's a good one though it's a beautiful place well and that's where i'll tell you with kirk you know one of the things that we we mentioned that eagle scout thing earlier and he knows me i'm a little bit of a i got a little bit type a in me and i'm i'm always that i've always been that guy that's you can't prepare enough you know, you can't get too prepared for what's out there, and that's kind of the way he rolled into these events. Where it's like, do everything you can control, take care of everything you can control, and then we'll deal with what we can't control, which is usually weather, right? Yep. And so, and and that's that was the mentality, and that's why he was so good at, yeah. at what he does. And it's a lot of moving parts, man. It is that. It is that. People don't really realize it, and honestly, I didn't realize it before I took over Biff's role because yeah. it was more of just, hey, I'll be here at this day doing this, but. I mean, once you once you have to start picking up that phone and making those phone calls, that's when you notice there's a difference. Yeah, yeah. That's a good good gig. It's a good time. Yep, no doubt. So, uh, so we mentioned earlier. So Rook Rook got married. Gosh, a country club. I mean, we had the reception at the country club, of South Carolina. What year was that, Kurt? Two thousand thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. Uh, to his, his bride and, and longtime uh, significant other, Brittany. And uh, they had a little boy, Mac, two years ago. Yep, yep, just turned two in December. Got another one coming up here in February, February. another boy. Yep, two boys. So uh, that's uh, one of the main reasons Rook's going to be, you know, it's a lot of travel time. We were talking about it earlier, as much as we're on the road and, and trying to keep up with everything. So, uh, you know, well, congratulations on growing your family. And uh, it'll be fun to watch, see what you got coming ahead with you your hand your hands gonna be full too i know i know i'm ready for it though yeah yeah the first one's been awesome so i i'm looking forward to the second one too but big change i'm nervous anything you want to say before we get out of here that we have not let you say 
I think I mean I think the biggest I, I mean the biggest thing is I mean I feel like a lot of people heard especially during golf day that I am going to move on uh into into real estate um I I tell you this 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 job this organization has uh, it's been family it's meant the world to me um I wouldn't have come back for a second stint if if it didn't mean that much to me um I mean, Biff's been like a brother, like a father figure, so I get a little bit emotional doing it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just been awesome. I mean, meeting so many people, uh, meeting meeting people from professionals to uh, again the players. I mean, it's it's been like one big family. I mean, it's it's great it's great to go do all that stuff and be on the road and um, you know all the people that I've worked with has been it's been awesome too. I mean, it's been like again, it's this this place is like family. Uh, it's like family when you're away from family, and um, you know it's. Uh, I've learned a ton. I uh, learned a lot about myself, especially coming coming from, you know, basically just a, a high school kid uh, coming to where I am now at 35 years old, which is pretty yeah. scary at the same time. Yeah. Um. You know, to to knowing that I, I've I've finally reached the point where I I know I've always tried to I've always tried to make family first, and I feel like that's that's the ultimate decision for me leaving the golf association but at the same time me walking away i always want to be a part of it always i I feel like i feel like if i move on i'm still going to be around enough where i I want to be beneficial you know especially how i've I've seen other you know role models you know right between between board members or you know people who are on you know foundation board or junior board and i feel like i i know enough about the golf association to make me pretty beneficial at a later point in time and i again i i'm so thankful for the golf association it's uh it's helped me grow as a person and as an individual, and I, you know, I, as much as I hate walking away from it, I know that I'll, I can be an impact at a later point in time. Well, I will tell you this: as much as I hate seeing you walk away from it, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your family. Um, I think on behalf of myself and the golf association and everybody that's worked through here for the last 12 years, including Alan Knight and Chris Millers and everybody else, we appreciate the efforts you've got. Uh, I think on behalf of our players, um, you know, they they see the efforts you've got. That they see the not only the efforts that you brought to the table, but also the attitude and the personality you brought with it, which made it so much fun for everyone. So, uh, man, Kurt, thank you for everything. Um, thank you for being a part of our, our journey for the last 12 years, and I hope we can bring you back and continue on in some capacity down the line. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you, Rook. Yep. Welcome to Off the Hosel. We've got a special guest here today, Kirk Page. Uh, Kirk, let me start with why the f*** are you leaving me, Bo? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. Uh, <laughs> that was so bad. All right, Alan, you take I was waiting for that. <laughs>